Hi, my name is Ben Armstrong. Hi, this is David Koch. My name is Thomas Maurer. Hi, I'm Donna Sarkari. Hi, my name is Lana Montgomery. Hi, I'm Seth Juarez. Hi, I'm Aaron Thomas. I'm Jess Dodson. Hi, I'm Rocky Heckman. Hi, I'm Sonia Cuff. Hi, I'm Troy Hunt. Hello, this is Wally Mead. My name is Reed Purvis. Hi, I'm Lars Kling. Hi, my name is Alan Birchall. Hi, I'm Adam Fowler. Hi, I'm Scott Guthrie, and you're listening to the Need to Know Podcast. All the latest Microsoft Cloud news, as well as industry guest deep dive conversations. It's a Need to Know Podcast. All thanks to the CIA Ops patron community. The Need to Know Podcast. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook, N2K Podcast, and online at ciaops.podbean.com. Welcome along to the Need to Know Podcast. My name is Robert Crane, and you join us for episode 310. Uh, you can reach out to me on the socials at Director CIA, also via email, director at ciaops.com love to hear your thoughts on the podcast and any suggestions you may have for content that i can provide for you don't forget to also look up my youtube channel so that is at director cia again on youtube uh, feel free to join my shared teams channel you can do a search for that on my blog blog.ciaops.com a little bit of configuration on your end and then let me know and i can add you into there being part of that team will mean that you get access to conversations and news that's happening around Microsoft 365 that I post in there regularly to keep people up to date. Also, don't forget the merch store, which you can find on the YouTube channel. Uh, also a link in the show notes there. And all of this content is brought to you thanks to the good people at the CIA Ops patron community who have taken up a subscription to support me, but also get access on a daily basis to everything Microsoft 365, automation, scripts, uh, knowledge bases, and so on. Uh, if you're interested, please consider subscribing, ciaopspatron.com. So news from Microsoft is uh, unsurprisingly starting off with AI. So Microsoft has announced um, a Copilot copyright commitment for customers. So there's big conversations going around at the moment around AI and how it is using previous works to generate new works and is that a violation of copyright or not. So again, very, very common theme at the moment. So Microsoft has a blog post or has an article here, basically how it is going to protect the rights of the people and the original creators there around AI. So we're going to see this probably as a growing point as AI becomes more and more interwoven into our daily lives, uh, we're going to see the legalities of it, you know, slowly catch up with it over time. So if you're interested, go in and have a look at that. All the links will be in the show notes for you to go and read at your leisure. Now, Microsoft posted an update here on the technical investigation for the Storm 0558 key uh, acquisition, a very, very interesting article. I encourage you to all to go in and uh, read it. Uh, in a nutshell, Microsoft here is saying that there was a, a race condition in its environment that caused a dump. Uh, inside that dump was uh, the key. It wasn't supposed to be there, but <clears throat> for whatever reason, it remained in there and wasn't detected. Uh, and then there was a business email compromise of uh, you know, a Microsoft engineer, so the article says and that allowed the key basically to be stolen. So I think it's good that obviously Microsoft has provided this in much more detail, being open about this, uh, has indicated that it's going to you know, improve its methods, improve its uh, you know, vigilance around this. Uh, there are obviously still questions uh, around this. A lot of people 
seem to think that people like Microsoft and large providers are immune from this. Uh, the reality is, is the number of uh, attacks that are focused on Microsoft uh, per day, the sheer volume of numbers, you know, again, is very, very hard to defend against all of these. So very, very targeted uh, attack or, you know, unique situation. Um, unfortunately, these things do happen, but, you know, to Microsoft's credit, uh, it has made those findings public. You can go in, read that, get up to date. And uh, Microsoft does assure us that they have taken care of the issue, so it won't happen again. But if you are interested in that, uh, go in. I'll make sure the notes are in there for you to have a look at. So another thing from Microsoft here is the <coughs> conditional access overview and templates are generally available. So when you go into conditional access now, you'll get a nice overview page giving you a dashboard of what's going on, uh, logins, events, all that sort of thing. And Microsoft has a number of uh, pre-canned uh, templates for conditional access to make getting up and using those uh, a really quick and easy process. You'll find them you know, around zero trust, remote work, uh, all of that sort of stuff. So go in, have a look at those. They're all now uh, available to you and you can take advantage of those in your own environment. But I certainly like the new conditional access overview. I think that's a really handy uh, you know, summary page to go and pay attention to if you are administrating sign-ins into the Microsoft 365 environment. Now, Microsoft 365 Defender has its monthly news uh, article here. Lots and lots of updates across the Microsoft Defender stack from you know, endpoint to cloud apps to identity to uh, IoT and more. So nice summary of uh, what has been announced, all the articles uh, in there as well. Note that the uh, Ninja training series is also about to commence again. I think it's series four they're up to. So keep your eye out for that. And that will be again posted on YouTube and also into the Microsoft blogs there. Uh, Microsoft has announced a change to Microsoft 365 and Office uh, to address the European competition concerns. In essence, this is about uh, removing Teams as a bundled option inside Microsoft 365 within uh, the European Union. Uh, this is around anti-competition or uh, competitive issues where the bundling of teams was seen as a uh, competition or prevention of other uh, alternatives being available. So to Microsoft's credit, once again, uh, it has basically said, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. Uh, the details are in there if you are affected by this, but remember this only applies to uh, the European Un Union countries. Everything else will remain as is. So they're taking out office, uh, taking teams out of office and will charge a small fee if you want that uh, basically added in. So removing that as a bundled item in there. Uh, and again, it's probably a point to note here that, you know, many, many years ago, probably in the 90s, Microsoft, you know, would have taken a, a more, um, you know, aggressive or a more, um, you know, uh, <coughs> would prevent itself from allowing this to happen. In this case, it said, okay, this is what we need to do. Uh, let us you know, make that official. I don't think Microsoft will particularly lose any market share out of this. So again, smaller market, um, go in and have a look at that if you are affected by that and what the changes will bring for teams in that area. Now there is an article here, learn the steps needed to protect your data and manage integrity. A lot of this is around purview. So uh, basically this is going to help you understand and provide you the training to really protect your data. So a lot of people I find are focused you know, on identity, sign-ins, those sort of things, multi-factor authentication. Then they focus on the devices, so you know, locking those down, preventing macro execution and so on. But they tend to overlook that at the root of it, you really need to protect your data. So 
how is your data protected using built-in policies that are part of Microsoft? Typically, you know, DLP, uh, Azure Information Protection, labeling, uh, all that sort of stuff is available in most plans, especially Business Premium, to take advantage of, to actually lock the data down as an entity. So we all know that defense in depth is a really important part of the approach of staying secure. And I think that a lot of people tend to overlook the protection of their data elements using policies again. Uh, and that's where Purview comes in there. So this article here will help you get up and start and get you more information and training on actually doing that. Now, Microsoft has some enhan enhancements around the Microsoft 365 app. Uh, a lot of this comes to the insider previews first, and you can sign up for that uh, if you want. But in here, we'll see that designer and ClickChamp uh, templates are coming, the integration here with those uh, products and their integration into the uh, commercial versions of the SKU are coming. Uh, it's got some enhancements, some updates to the Microsoft 365 mobile app. So the idea with a mobile app is to have a single application that allow you to go to Word, Excel, PowerPoint, SharePoint, OneDrive, uh, rather than having to you know bounce around. So there's a couple of mobile announcements here that are worthwhile having a look. So go in and see what's coming to the Microsoft 365 uh, environment. So another one on purview around DLP or data loss prevention is the announcement of several capabilities. So we've got uh, improved depth of protection. We've got also enhanced uh, breadth of protection. We've got <coughs> you know, empowering admins to be efficient. Again, a whole lot of links in here that I would encourage you to go in and look. Now, remember that DLP purview, all those sort of things rely on policy. So those policies largely don't get automatically created. It relies on someone, <coughs> typically an IT professional, to go in and create those policies, adjust them. The good thing about most of these policies is that you can put them into reporting mode first. So you can see what they do, come back after a couple of days and make a judgment on what needs to be uh, secure particularly. So go in, have a look at that. Make sure that I'll make sure the links are in the show notes for you to review. Now, another handy little site which I found from Microsoft is called Security 101. Uh, it talks about things like, you know, what is a cyber attack? What is a DDoS attack? Uh, what is controlled access? Uh, what is ransomware? Now, this may not be a site for seasoned IT professionals. However, I think it's a very good site to point to, you know, ordinary users, management, uh, the decision makers who will make decisions about the investment made in security inside an organization. So these are nice little summaries, articles, videos, and how-tos uh, really to get you off the ground. There's a lot of talk, a lot of chatter out there about what all this stuff is, what's the impact. I think this is a nice little summary. There's probably a dozen or so articles, lessons, tutorials here uh, that you can take advantage of. So again, I'll make sure the link is in the show notes so you can point uh, those people who need to make decisions about security who may not be technical to these so that they can improve their knowledge. Now, Microsoft has a just-in-time access to Microsoft 365 Defender. Uh, a lot of this is going to allow users or administrators to access security on demand. Now, one of the challenges uh, in today's secure environment is to not over-provision permissions for users in environment. So if you have an administrator who uh, needs to do work on a site, uh, the times they aren't actually working on the site and logged in, that uh, account is potentially vulnerable because there's a high uh, 
privileged account. If someone or something ever compromises that, then that could lead to severe issues. So the idea here is we want to try and get to a just-in-time management where we escalate and de-escalate out of the roles as required. Microsoft has a technology called Privilege Identity Management, uh, typically part of Azure AD P2, that allows you to do that, and we can leverage that for access to uh, all things Defender, Azure, and so on. And this article here uh, is a nice little overview of how to set all that up step-by-step, step, lots of screenshots in there to, again, reduce the risk of having you know standing admins out there um, that may, if compromised, cause major issues. Now, I think one of the interesting things here is that um, we've also got some news on what's new with uh, Intune. All right, so Intune continues to improve and have enhancements. Um, there is, for example, access to uh, the remote help for Android is now available. Uh, we've got you know insights that is improving. We've also got uh, the capability for stronger protection around our devices. So as with anything, Microsoft, you need to, you know, Keep an eye on the improvements that you know, these products are regularly making. They may not seem a lot, but when you look at the you know, continued growth or improvement of these over time, it's important to make sure that you are across the changes and the enhancements and the capabilities that have been added to the environment. So if you're with Business Premium, you want to make sure that you're across any changes, improvements, updates to you know, things like conditional access, enter ID, uh, all those sort of things are going to have little uh, value adds in there. And hopefully this podcast can provide some of that information. And don't forget to tune into uh, my blog as well, blog.ciaops.com, to keep up to date with, you know, all of those sort of information or interesting stuff that does come out, uh, particularly targeted to uh, the, M uh, the MSP and also SMB customers. So that's all the latest news I have from Microsoft there. What I thought I'd have a brief discussion around is something called a break glass account. Now, to administer an environment, uh, we do need an account, that, at least one account that has you know high-level privileges to, you know, create services, to add users, to change passwords, to manage the environment. Now, we get one of those accounts when we set up Microsoft 365, and you can make as many others as you want, typically by assigning the role of global administrator. Now, the challenge here is that, you know, in a modern environment, these accounts, all of the accounts in a tenant, have a number of policies applied to them. So they probably got conditional access, they've got MFA, they've got a range of policies. Now, in a situation where one of those policies fails or there's a mistake or something, it's like, okay, how do we get back into the tenant to make any changes, updates, edits, if we need to. Now, if every account in the tenant is subject to the policies and those policies have an issue, then you're not going to be able to get back into your tenant to do what you need to do. So the concept behind a break glass account is to create an account that is not subject to any policies. So typically that means that the account the break glass account is an administrator level so it needs to be an administrator and secondly it is not subject to any policy so it's not going to be subject to uh, mfa it's not going to be subject to conditional access or to you know any of those sort of uh, device management policies and so on the reason is if that you do have let's say you have a problem or there is an issue with mfa 
Um, all the other accounts may be prevented from accessing it, but if you have a break glass account, you can then log in. It won't be subject to any of those policies. And then you can, for example, temporarily disable MFA for users so they can get in and do uh, their work. Another really handy reason to have a break glass account is when you set up things like conditional access. I've seen situations where people have, you know, configured conditional access and best practice is always to put in your report mode first, but some people jump right in and they configure that, push the button to enable it and suddenly find they're all locked out and can't get back in to make changes. And recovering from that can be quite painful and can take a number of days to, you know, contact Microsoft, raise a ticket and get them to provide the ability to, you know, give you an account to get in and unlock or remove that conditional access uh, issue uh, that was enabled. Now, on the other side, having an account that basically has you know, no policies, no MFA, largely no protections uh, can be challenging to manage. Uh, you'll also find that having a break class account tends to result in being marked down uh, with Microsoft Secure Score. Because Microsoft Secure Score, you know, wants MFA on all accounts, wants uh, all the monitoring, all these stuff uh, turned on. So there's a real balance here. Now that again, the idea here is to think about is that really a break glass is an emergency account. It's not going to be used. It's going to be sitting in the background, and it's going to have you know standing global ac admin access and probably not as well secured uh, compared to a normal uh, account. So how do we overcome this well the real secret i think with any break glass account once you remove all the policies is to make sure that you have the monitoring uh, on that account cranked up to the max so you really want to know as soon as a break glass account is you know logged in you want that to be um, alerted a number of different mechanisms by email sms uh, whatever so the idea would be is to you know pick an account that is that you're going to set up uh, make it as much of a non-obvious account name as you can so don't call it break glass don't call it admin backup or something you know make it something innocuous and then when you set a password for that make sure that is a really long and secure password right really make it beyond the the minimum eight or so characters you know make it something you know, in the order of 50, 60 characters and make it almost impossible, uh, you know, to guess or to, um, you know, use a, a password spray attack on. Now, once you've done that, if you want, you could sit back and think, okay, well, if I have an MFA issue, I'm using the Authenticator app uh, for most of my users, I could use maybe a FIDO key. So you could set up a, a FIDO key so that that, you know, hardware token is what's used to authenticate the uh, break glass account. But again, remember that setting up the FIDO account is still going to subject the uh, break glass account to some sort of policy. And again, if there are issues across that, you won't be able to add in. So this is really about balance. There's no right or wrong here. It's a matter of what is probably best for your environment, what suits your environment. In general, I would suggest you only need one break glass account um, and make sure that is, like I said, you know, non-obvious, uh, secure with a very long password and has lots and lots of detections for any sort of use, right? So not even, a, um, you know, something where it fails to log in or it's not used, you want to know 
all times what's happening with that break glass account. So you want to be using something like Defender for Cloud Apps so that as soon as that account is logged in, uh, Defender for Cloud Apps will detect that, raise an alert, send an email, send an SMS or whatever to let you know. Another tool that can do that for you is Sentinel. So you could go in and create you know, a query, a specific KQL query tied to uh, exactly that user account. So whenever there is any activity on that user account, you know, be it a failed login, be it a successful login, a bit use anywhere, then it's going to, you know, again, create a whole lot of noise and let you know that that account is uh, being used and you can then verify that it is someone that you know using that account in a, an emergency situation. So the challenge here is that we do want, you know, the old, I suppose, the key under the doormat to allow us to get in if we forget our keys or whatever. This is particularly relevant when you're making changes to your environment, especially around things like conditional access, uh, MFA, those sort of policies. We want to use it that is not subject to any policy. So if we have any issues, we know that this account effectively is a clean account. Once we get in, we're able to do what we need to do without being subject to any policies that may fail. The challenge is, is okay, how do we secure this? Now, if you remove all the policies from that account, really what we need is you know a really long and complex password that can only be used by you know looking it up or you know using uh, from a known store and then we want to set up as much monitoring on that account so that anytime it's used we do get those alerts whether in uh, defender for cloud apps or in sentinel or in whatever other product that you have out there now that means that if you do use that account you are going to get you know all the bells and whistles and lights going off uh, and that's what you want to make sure of that is actually a sanctioned use of that uh, sanctioned application uh, sanctioned use of that account now that's good because it's relatively easy to test so once you've got all this set up once you've got your alerting set up and your break class account then obviously you could log into it and make sure that you are getting those alerts, you are getting that information wherever you are, or it's going to the right systems to make that decision. Now, there are potentially reasons to have multiple break glass accounts, but once again, that does make the environment less secure. They are more, there is more then to manage. Uh, it's also gonna affect your secure score uh, even more so if you have multiple accounts. So. For most environments, I would suggest that you need one um, break glass account, not tied to any policies with a really long uh, and complex password, so 50 or more characters at a minimum, and also has significant monitoring, much more than any other account, to determine when it is actually used there. Now, Microsoft does have an article here called Managing Emergency Access Accounts in Azure AD. I'll link that in the show notes so you can go in and basically have a look at that, read through that. Now, remember to take all of this with a grain of salt. Uh, what works for your environment here, right? That's the important thing. So we want you know just enough to help us overcome any issue that may pop up, but we don't want you know too many what-ifs because if you look at it, in reality, given that all everything works as planned 99.9% .9 of the time, uh, you really don't want to uh, have you know, these sort of accounts hanging around if you can avoid it because they're rarely, rarely ever used. So the idea would be is 
you know, set it up, use it, verify that it is uh, reporting or alerting as expected, and then put it away. You'll probably never have to use it again. I would also recommend that you do regularly check, you know, once every six months, once a year that the account is working, uh, can be logged on. There's no anomalies with it uh, as well because it's very easy to set and forget these. And then if you do need it, oh, what was the password or where do we put that? Um, how's it configured? How's it set up? So it is an important pass, uh, part of your environment, um, but the approach to security will be slightly different because the function of this account largely is to get you out of jail if you know something is misconfigured or if there is a failure that is preventing the normal accounts uh, gaining access to the environment. So hopefully there I'll put those links in the show notes so you can go in and have a look. Um, before you go charging in and creating a break glass account, do step back, have a think about it, work out what makes sense. Any policies you implement always do as report only first. Verify they do what's expected and you haven't overlooked something uh, obvious. And make sure that you have you know, suitable alerting tools around things like Defender for Cloud Apps and Sentinel to be able to give you that granularity on you know, things like break glass accounts to go and give you uh, more information. But remember, don't charge in there and set it all up. Uh, make sure that you have a think about it, document it all, and work out uh, how to secure it, how it's going to be monitored, and that the actual security on that account uh, does work and you are getting the alerting results that you expect because high privilege account with potentially less protection and remember that is going to generally impact your secure score uh, because we need to make a compromise here for uh, convenience. But very important thing, very handy, certainly recommend at least one uh, in most environments. All right, so with that, I will take this opportunity to thank you for listening to this episode of the Need to Know podcast. Don't forget you can reach out to me at Director CIA on Twitter, director at ciaops.com via email. Happy to hear any feedback, suggestions, thoughts, uh, suggestions you may have on topics that can be presented or discussed, and maybe even some people to interview around. That would be fantastic as well. So don't be afraid. Send the feedback through and we'll try and keep improving the podcast and giving you the information uh, that is relevant to you. But with this But with that, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Need to Know podcast. You have been listening to the Need to Know podcast from CIA Ops. For training on using technologies like SharePoint Online or Microsoft 365, visit www.ciaopsacademy.com. By purchasing from the selections available, you'll be directly supporting this podcast. To provide feedback on this episode, visit www.ciaops.com slash contact.